Hey everybody, welcome to the Gen Church Midweek Podcast, a podcast about everyday people who are committed to expanding God's family because of Jesus for generations to come. My name is John, I'm the engagement pastor here, and I'm sitting here chatting with Kyle Davies, our lead pastor. Kyle, how are you doing? I'm doing great today. You know, I'm feeling feeling ultra DJ. You know, I even threw the, the, the backwards, backwards hat. Yeah, see, same page. We, you I know, know where you're going. I, it's it's like they're making the the Madden announcements. You know, in terms of the ratings, and so it's like I feel my inner gamer just needs to come out a little bit. So yes. I'm I'm ready to go. Like, hey, let's do they, this. They had your boy Brady up there pretty high. They um, did. I was a little I, shocked about that, but you know, let's do this. Let's go. Let's get this on. Where's um, our Twitch stream at? Where's our um, church leader? Um, you remember when John Chris used to do all his stuff and you get, I, I can't wait for someone to do a church leaders kind of thing. Procl- who has the proclamation at 99, the preaching at 98, you know, begin to rate some of those. Illustration uh, rating is at a 45, uh, you know, sermon length is, <laughs> you know, at a, you know, at like what, an 80. What would you put your sermon length at, Kyle? Oh, gosh. For in terms of rating, consi- like the thing is, are we are we going like length, consistency? Like what's 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 the metric here? I'm just I'm trying to juke right now. I'm hitting the B button. Let me get the spin move. Just Let's get out, out of this it. question. I'm not I'm not rating it right now. Let's go. Yeah, there we go. If you if you watch this or listen to us in the comments below, what do you think teaching length every week? Like what 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 would be what, your scale? One rating? to hundred. Yeah. One to hundred. 99 is like I hit the sweet spot every week or you know and if the yeah. lower the rating means either the the wider the the consistency or something like that. Amen. Maybe people want you to go longer. You never know. Never know. A lower number doesn't mean like Kyle you need to shorten it. It could be you need to lengthen it. They just like you so much, right? Yeah, they just keep wanting to hear which I know God's speaking through you, right? Let's yeah. get people fired up. I was fired up this weekend, if you can you tell. You were, man. You get in front of people and it changes and it, it cracks me up because I can always tell when you, um, the more and more I watch and engage in some of your different teachings and uh, knowing how you speak and stuff, you can tell when Kyle gets on a tangent, when he feels the room and has a moment, he goes off on a rift and you can just feel like there's a passion that comes out of you. It cracks me up. And so that's even the fun part about having some stuff being back in person, uh, moving away from some of the online, because that really like feeds into you and how you're able to communicate and do some of that stuff. They don't so, call me Coach Kyle for no reason. Like, know, right? let's go. Fire us up, right? So <laughs> in talking about some of your teaching from this weekend, there was kind of going through it, there was one major thing. I feel like there's a major, well, there's a couple of major things you talked about, but one of them that kind of stuck with me, uh, mostly because you had us repeat it multiple times, <laughs> rock. Yes. And that's it. That's the podcast. No, so you, you said rock. rock and there's three different ways in which we could take it. And mm-hmm. if I remember right, you were talking about uh, rock as Peter, as mm-hmm. the proclamation, or even as location. So Kyle, can you, if you had to summarize those kind of, kind of briefly, because you, you went off into um, kind of explanations of each, but if you had to kind of synthesize those three into, mm-hmm. I know this isn't your thing of briefness, but if you kind of had to give that to the people at home who maybe didn't hear it from this Sunday, uh, what would you say your point was with those three? The rock of the church is the people of God proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ in the place least likely for it to be built. 
So it incorporates that God used, you know, when Jesus is using that alliteration, he described and kind of play on words. He's going to use Peter. He does use Peter, um, mm-hmm. but he's using that proclamation also. And he uses that yeah. proclamation today he, through us. So that proclamation through people. And then again, just the location. It, yeah. It's in a place of diverse worldviews, contrary worldviews to God's will and God's way. And so in that place where it's unexpected for that proclamation and the people of God to take hold, that that's an unlikely place. But God uses people with that proclamation in that place to transform uh, the world. Okay. And so on that first point, I think you had a, you kind of had an interesting um, time talking about the rock as Peter, because Mm -hmm. uh, you even brought about how we see kind of sects of Christianity that have gone out of uh, what we know of as Catholicism. Mm -hmm. It's kind of taken that literal form of Peter as rock, and that has built the foundation of the church. So Kyle, what do we begin to see when, um, when we take just rock only as Peter and not of all three in which you brought about this weekend. Yeah. So what happens is this, this essentially idea that, that the source of truth uh, doesn't just alone come from the Bible, but it comes from the Pope. And Peter is seen as the first Pope uh, in Rome. And so this evolves throughout church history, but essentially uh, the Bishop of Rome, like I said, eventually becomes the, the Pope of Rome. And so it's this idea that the Pope, basically whatever they verbally say, the inspiration they get from God becomes the equivalent of uh, the God's word. And mm. so what we see is this passage misinterpreted to essentially say through Peter, like through Peter, yeah. God's going to build his church, which means like Peter is the foundation and the, and the cornerstone of the church, which is, which Peter himself in first Peter directly says, no, this isn't the case. Christ is our cornerstone and we build upon him. So uh, Peter directly contradicts this in his own letter to believers who are, who are scattered across the known yeah. world at that time. And so, but, but for whatever reason throughout church history, it was just linked to uh, the Pope source of peter bishop in rome this idea of they he that person has the authority to speak authoritative on matters of the church and whatever they say Mm -hmm. is is to be taken as equivalent of god's word and so rather than subject our perspective and our worldview and the way in which we live underneath uh only god's word uh through the, the guidance of the holy spirit uh, most Catholics also subject themselves to it's it's God's word and church tradition. So that's yeah. that's the dynamic there. It's whatever the church tradition is is equivalent to God's word because church tradition traces itself back to to Peter. And so we, as again Protestants, we can we can go into a big old church history there. Basically, yeah. Jesus is authoritative, speaks through His word through the Holy Spirit. That's what's authoritative, not uh, church tradition or whatever uh, proclamation that the Pope might make. So we've, we've just got to rightly understand that. And so uh, some of the missteps in that, well, I just, I just want to address this here, uh, faith and works. This is where it's seen most plainly and most clearly is our salvation uh, through Jesus um, 
comes through faith, not from works, but basically what church tradition uh, articulates is that it's no, it's faith and works. And we would say, no, the works are evidence of your faith, but it's faith, uh, you know, faith is what germinates the the seed of that gospel of that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. When we believe that, then it'll manifest itself other ways. And those works essentially prove, prove your faith. Don't, uh, but don't in themselves save you. Yeah. It's the fruit of your faith is what we see coming out of the actions. The words in which we speak is more of like, we have the faith in the uh, reflection reflection of our faith leads to the works in which we do. We do it because of the faith in which we have, the belief in Jesus and what he has called us to, and the life in which we want to share the good news we want to take to the people in which you were talking about this weekend. Um, yeah, so, so God's, God's going to use people. Like, God's, yeah. like that's, that's where I think that the, 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 it's not about a supreme pope, but a sovereign savior. So it's like God's going to use people. He's going to use that proclamation that's what's that's what I, I really feel like Jesus is saying here, not so much of like, sweet, all you other apostles and disciples look to Peter because he's gonna be the source of all. And it's like, no, like like I said in, in first Peter two four, it's like Peter himself attributes the cornerstone to Jesus, not himself. So yeah. oh yeah. I I think that's interesting when we begin to kind of talk about this of the three uh, things in which you brought about. You brought about the people the proclamation, the location. And one of the things I, I think you emphasized a little bit more in the first service, or you might've done it in the second service, but you had a little bit more of a vivid illustration. I know in first service where you began to talk about um, the, this proclamation and location of taking this good news out. Mm-hmm. And what you began to talk about was the outpouring of this and what we begin to get into kind of near the end of that section of how the gates of hell will be overcome, that God's mm-hmm. word is going to go out. And we'll get into some of, uh, some of the other stuff in what you talked about in sharing this. But what you began to do was talk about how God's word, his truth is going to go into places that we would not expect mm-hmm. into the least likeliest of locations um, to some of the places in which we go, God, where, like, where are you at? Like, no, like God is at work here Mm -hmm. and God's even going to call you into Mm -hmm. some weird uh, places and locations. You began talking about the wall that gets built up and how the weakest point of it is the gate, Mm -hmm. how that's where God's word is going to begin to overcome. And so I even think that's an interesting analogy for even finding locations. Like you talked about some of the numbers this weekend Mm -hmm. of where we're at here in Vancouver of how there's a hundred thousand people within 10 minutes of where we meet every weekend. And you said, if I remember right, 9% of our area is uh, Bible believing would say, I believe in Jesus. Mm-hmm. That leaves a whole nother 91% that don't. And so if at any point during our day, nine out of 10 people we we're coming in contact with would not rightly say Jesus is King they wouldn't make that proclamation. And so Kyle, as we begin to think about that, of how we are God's people, we have this proclamation of the good news and we have a location in which we're at, which might seem a very unlikely of a location for God to work because there is such an overwhelming number of people that don't believe, that don't share this good news. What would you almost encourage people to like, look for in this, I'm almost fixated on this idea of the gate, like where is kind of your inlet 
where you would say this is the good way in which the church can kind of have an offensive foothold, a location in which we can begin to work to share that good news? Like, how would you almost encourage people as you go about your everyday, recognizing that nine out of 10 people you come into contact with don't believe in this good news? Yeah, I, I think you started to use a word there, um, offense. Uh, I think we've got to realize that we're, we need to be playing offense. Like it's God is going to preserve the church. Um, he says he's going to build the church. And so the idea of like, let's keep the church pure and like, so let's huddle up and like, let's worry about like, like preserving it. Like in a lot of ways, like that's not our job. That's something that God says that he was going to do. So, so what we've got to recognize is have a posture of, of offense, but doing it in such a way that we don't put people on the defensive. And so here, here's, here's what that looks like is the gates that we're attacking is not necessarily any literal type of gates. What it is, is there are places of darkness. There, there, there are strongholds where we're not sure how does, how does Jesus transform that area of maybe that person's life or that segment of industry, or even we could even take it wider into that domain of society. I know there's a lot of uh, cries right now of like, whether it's uh, education or politics, or I mean, the, the other domains of society are like agriculture or tech or things like that. And what we can say is, is how does, how does the people, again, God works through people, begin to take that proclamation into those domains of the site, into those places in a way that is strategic and intentional and purposeful. And I can throw out all of these, these words where there's this, there's this movement toward not a retreat from away. And I think that's, that's where when Jesus talks about I will build my church and not even the gates of Hades is there's a movement towards, there's a movement uh, into places rather than a retreat away. Now we see Jesus makes this illustration from a retreat away. So it's not, it's sometimes we retreat to regroup to then gather ourselves to move towards people. And that's really Sunday is a moment of people coming together to be refreshed, to be energized so that we can go into our, everyday week and not just attempt to survive, but an attempt to move intentionally towards people. And so your question was, is where do you see these, where do you see these inlets at play? And where I would say is people need to be looking at saying, what are the things that I hear in the people in my workplace in their speech? Maybe it's, it's on teams or in clubs people are associated with. What are some of the things that people are saying that don't align with God's word? And that is there a question that you can ask? And again, this comes back to some of the teaching from last week of the posture of a learner translates even into relationships with other people. Because if we're on this learning journey, if we're taking the posture of a learner and we're the student of God, even in those relationships, we can ask questions that, that move the ball metaphorically, that allow us to play offense without putting people on the, on the defensive. So we can say, can you tell me more about that? Explain that a little bit. Where does that thinking come from? And then what, if we've taken those same type of questions into our own faith journey, at some point they'll say, well, how do you see it? Then we get to say, well, 
here's, here's how I'm seeing Jesus changing or challenging my thinking or even comforting me in a place of despair. And what we begin to do is we begin to converse back and forth and we've led with questions that are intent, that are intentional to, we really want to hear the perspective of another, but we also know if we sincerely ask the question of another and we've worked through those, some of those same challenging questions in our own faith, because we are a student of God, because we're a learner, because we've rightly identified who Jesus is, we'll then be able to present those to others at some, at some point in time. And so where I would say the, the inlets come is from one conversation with others, from listening to others, and then putting out questions that then set up the opportunity for us to maybe respond with how, how our own faith, how Jesus as King is changing and challenging us. And mm. I, three, three areas that it quickly shows up is hopes, hopes, fears, and, and passions. Um, and yeah. so what we hope for in the future, uh, kind of what that, you know, bigger, better tomorrow, what we want to see actualized, uh, what yeah. we're fear, what we're fearful of, like if, if the bottom falls out, like what are, what are we most terrified of? And then, uh, and so if we just, if we just look at those, what that allows us to do is say, man, like I, I'm, I'm in tune enough with my fear. I'm in tune enough with the hope, like, but yet I'm, I don't go to a place of despair because even while I may be fearful of that, I'm promised that, that God is going to be with me or that, uh, there's a hope and a promise that I don't have to fear death. I like how kind of at the end of your teaching, you, you had a quote that you talked through. And it was this guy who basically said, for the uh, follower of Jesus, performing the many uneventful, unnoticed, and monotonous routines of daily life in an extraordinary way under the guide of Jesus was their pathway to faith, which mm. uh, includes the sharing of one's faith. And you tied that up there at the end by saying, when you feel overwhelmed, know that the mission of Jesus isn't going to be stopped by you stuttering over your words and sharing with someone else. And I think it's just a great reminder that in the midst of our everyday, as we go about our world, as we go about our life, where we live, work, and play, like we always say, we say that because when you go through that, we talk about this number, 90% of the people you come into contact with don't proclaim this. If you're out in your community beyond the church family, and so as you're out there, you don't have to have the perfect words, the uh, exact quote, the exact scripture. But what you can do is trust that as I am being shaped by Jesus, uh, as the Holy Spirit's alive and working through me, that even just the little things in which I can say, uh, the things that I can encourage someone with and the way in which I live will begin to point people to that good news. Mm -hmm. And so I, I liked how you began to take that this weekend and kind of use that as an encouragement of, yes, the everyday um, actions in which you have, and like what you're just talking about, the different conversations, listening and looking for your opportunities to begin to kind of throw a little bit of that hope in, or maybe in the midst of fear, you can say, well, here, here's a good news that you can take there. Or even someone talking about their passion, like encourage them and say like, yeah, man, like you can see how this is good for people. And and you can begin to share some of your passions along with that. I always think it's hilarious. I feel like every time I go to a Dutch Bros or a Black Rock, it's, it's a constant, oh, cool, man. Like, what are you guys up to today? 
what like in there's constant questions and i think even for us to begin to be able to throw questions back to people um is such an important thing for us to not fear saying oh i'm going to church or i'm going to a bible for us to not fear saying that in the the anxiety that comes inside of oh what if i tell them this how are they going to react to be able to set that inside and say like yes that there is an anxiety and fear that might come with that because who knows how this person is going to react or say something like this but you know what that might just be an opportunity for you to plant a seed and to share a little nugget of the good news that maybe leads to another conversation down the road might not happen there in the drive-through in that moment they might give you a cold brew and you just go right on out but who knows what happens if you keep going back and having some of those conversations well and i because i think the more the more time you spend with people it's it's your presence and then jesus presence in you that's yeah. really what what generates a lot of the change but and that, that's where the offensive and kind of defensive metaphor, I think, or, you know, description is so powerful because if we're constantly retreating or being defensive or moving away from people, um, what, what we're doing is then we're, we're creating distance, which then when there's distance, which there, there's clearly not, there's clearly not presence. And so it's, it's Jesus' presence in us. And through our presence with others, then the possibility of the proclamation, like, it, it can, can be there. And that's where it's in the least likely of places. It, it's like in that conversation where you think, like, I'm just going to throw this out there. Or this is just clearly not the right time. Like, we're in passing with one another. I, I, the least likely of places doesn't even necessarily mean, like, you know, in in kind of the most evident of sinful places. I think sometimes we forget, sometimes the most least likely places is in, is in the break room, like in the middle of a long heated day where the boss is just so frustrated and, and you're able to just be present with another. And you, you, you take a perspective that says, yeah, I understand like the boss is, is mad, but I'm not going to hold it against them because we've all had bad days. And, at the end of the day, if something happens, like my, my self-worth isn't based on how the boss feels about like how the boss feels about me. And that's why I made some of those statements there at the end where we have to check the perspective that's coming into us. Because mm -hmm. if we begin to define our own identities or perspectives or even our self-worth or, or the undergoing of suffering it, through a different perspective, that's not bound within Jesus, what's going to happen is we're going to start to believe the lies. And what we need to do is we need to, to believe the truth. And so we have to come back to Jesus is king. And then the kingdom's going to advance. Like it's, yeah. that's, that's the, the church's to continue kind of that, that war language is an outpost of the kingdom, which means yeah. it's the front lines of what, of what God is doing, his will and his way it's advancing, which means there's going to be conflict. There's going to be battles. And, and again, our battles not against people. Ephesians talks about, you know, our, our battles against not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities and rulers, like the spirit of the age. Like and that's what we're combating combating. And that's why I talk about those phrases and those statements that either come out in posts or in people or even arise in our own heart. Mm -hmm. Because we we got to go to war against those sentiments so that so that Christ can overcome those in our own life and in in our relationships with other people
Yeah. And you talking about that, it continues to remind me of this like filtered concept in which we've been, we've used a couple different times of the different options and intakes we have in the world. And it's funny, like every time we say that, I always think of how I make coffee every day. So I got my pour over with me. I use it almost every day. And I'm, I'm a little over the top with it because what I'll do is I'll go to the store and I'll buy, I'll buy the whole beans. And what I'll do is I'll end up grinding them up and I'll put them in up here in the top where the filter is. And then what you do is you pour water over it and it gets you your coffee. But what you have afterwards is you have a lot of the grounds that are left that no one, no one is going to drink because it's the, it's the nasty part of it. It's the grounds. You don't drink that type of stuff. But I even begin to think about that with some of what we're talking about here is that there's so much information out there. There's so much things to take in because there are so many options and intakes of what's going around in our culture. And especially like we've talked about this a lot in the midst of what we kind of had a few, probably a more, a few weeks ago was more uh, online intake than anything else because a lot of things were closed. Now things are opening back up. You're getting back to having in-person conversations at work, um, maybe at a restaurant and some of that stuff, people begin to get back together. But what I almost imagine all that as is the beans that get put in the top. You grind up the beans and it's like, this is all the intake of the world. And we put that up top. And what you begin to see is that what, uh, how Jesus describes it is the living water which we have is when we begin to allow the Holy Spirit and we begin to invest in that relationship and the Holy Spirit's working and bubbling within our life, we begin to pour that water over the intake of the world in which we're having. And what you begin to get is kind of that dripping effect of you begin to see God's truth in the different places, in different people's conversations. You begin to hear uh, people talk about hope in a way of like, man, like that, that's a really close connection with the gospel. Or they have a fear of uh, being missing out, not being a part of something. It's like, man, like maybe I can invite them to be a part of God's family. Like, and you begin to see some of those opportunities in life. And I mean, don't get me wrong. You're left with a lot of things that of this world that might not be good, but there's a lot of truth and opportunities that get filtered through when we begin to look at things through the lens of Jesus and the Holy Spirit that's working in our life. It's not that we devoid ourselves of everything of the world. Don't get me wrong. There's some things that afterwards we got to throw away and say like, this, this isn't good. Like we need to discard that from our life, but filtering through the world, through the lens of Jesus. When we talk about filtering, that's what it looks like is that we don't devoid and uh, hide away and ignore everything that's going on. No, like we want to be present in the world because everyone else is being an everyday person means you are living where you're at. And what you're doing is you're identifying and saying, God, like, show me how to speak into this. God, tell me how to uh, care for this person in a way that's going to show your love and your grace and begin to interact where we are and find those inlets in what you're talking about. Yeah. And what, what you just said is you've got to be aware of the options. Like, yeah. you, like you've got to be aware of what, of what other people are intaking. Like, like you can't pretend like that stuff doesn't exist. If you're aware of the options – then what you're able to do is to see, okay, what, what is the piece of the options? Like you're just, talk, you're using an illustration about, about coffee and talking about, you know, live and putting living water and filtering and all that stuff. It's when you're in conversations and relationships with other, and you're filled with the, under the perspective that Jesus again is King and that he wants others to yeah. come under his rule and his reign. What you're doing is, 
is you're, is you're aware of the options and you can say, how can I use that description or that picture or, or that premise and say, actually, like, like, I like kind of where you're going, but, but it, but it's, you're, you're not full, like you're not getting the full picture or, or you're settling for a lesser version. It's like, it's like doing exactly what you're doing and either you pour in way too much water and it waters down coffee or you don't pour enough in. And it's like the coffee, like you get is like really, I don't know, really strong and bitter. And it's, it just, it just doesn't taste good. And so what you, what you really need is you, you've got to be aware of the options and be able to say out of, out of these options, where to, like you said, where's that inlet? Where's that opportunity to introduce Jesus into the conversation? And so in order to do that and do that, well, you've got to be aware of the options, but you also have to have a robust ability to talk about what Jesus, who he is and what he is, what he has done in your life, which is why Peter's proclamation is so powerful, but Jesus is Messiah, the son of the living God. And he just says, okay, like this, this, in this place, through people, through this message, I'm going to build something. But what's interesting, and this is what we get to talk about this Sunday uh, at our at our Sunday gathering, is so stay tuned, watch it. Is is he says at the end of that passage, don't tell anyone. Don't like don't like you guys don't realize what this means fully yet because they're going to be they're going to take a, a, a half like a half picture and run with it in a direction that's that's not accurate. So Jesus sets this all up to basically say, let me explain what this what this really means. And so we've got to be working through that relationship with Jesus so that we get the full picture of what he really means to live in God's world, God's way, and to take us basically an assessment uh, and be aware of the options and say, we can filter these out, but we also don't just filter them out to discard them. We can filter them to say, and it's in this option that I can, that I can introduce Jesus into this conversation and this way. And it's like, even how we joked at the beginning of talking about like Madden's coming out and they're talking about all these ratings right now. And so, so Patrick yeah. Mahomes got his 99 rating box and you know, yeah. it's like, Hey, you know, how cool would it be to get a 99 rating box? And it's like, Oh, like that would be amazing. Well, then, then at the end of it, as you say, well, you know what? 99 is still not 100. And if 100 is perfect, the only person to ever get 100 was Jesus. And mm -hmm. so, like, so even just using things like that to say, guys, see, even how excited we get about things of this world, how even as mm -hmm. perfect as we try to be, there's only one who got the 100. And we, and we, need, and we need his cheat code, you know, 100 to, <laughs> to basically give us the, the skills and ability that we have we have lacking and because it's yeah. not just Jesus didn't just get the 100 overall rating and then it's lacking somewhere else like no he's 100 across the board which yeah. then allows all of our ratings and pitfalls to be raised to be raised up and it's not because we're in fact that but it's because of who he is basically overcomes our our weaknesses is present in us and so I just I just again just something kind of on this on the spot there to say we we're going to pre be presented with opportunities where we can introduce Jesus into the everyday things of life. And we want to continue to be in tune with God. And so we, we need that first premise of who Jesus is and what he has done for us. Then say that has to begin to shape and have a confidence that like you said, when we're in those, when we're going through Dutch bros, we're going through Black Rock, going through these places that 
that proclaiming that being able to say that to others, God will then will use that to, to build his, to build his church. We cannot just be, play, be on the defense. We've got to be on the offense without being, uh, without being jerks, without being offensive, because the gospel is offensive in terms of not just playing offense, yeah. but it's going to clash against things in people's lives that they're going to have to reconcile. Am I going to settle for something le- lesser that's comfortable, that can- keeps me in power, that keeps me in control, that, that you know, gets me the approval of others? Or am I going to, am I going to basically come under uh, a more fulfilling vision of Jesus as King, which helps me understand that I don't have to be in control. I don't have to have the power. I don't have to win the approval of others. I don't have to seek satisfaction elsewhere because Jesus provides all of that through his adoption, through, through, through being a part of his family and what he has done on the cross and how he proved it to us as him being king by conquering death, which is the one thing that we all will face. I think that's a great way uh, to kind of wrap up what you were talking about. So thanks for joining us this week on the Gen Church Midweek Podcast. Wherever you're watching this from, be sure to like and share this and send us a message if you have any questions or just leave us uh, a note of something that you took away from this week. We hope that you find these helpful because we want to make your faith an everyday faith. Have a fantastic week. Peace out.